Hi tribe. Thank you for showing up for yourselves. This is Adrian and I'm here with Jess Dugan and we're going to guide you through a 30-ish minute yoga nidra intention setting. We recommend that you do this right before bed because you'll probably feel very sleepy after and make sure you have handy a pillow, a blanket, a comfy area to lay down, an eye cover, and water. In our last session, we talked about preserving energy and finding safety within. This month, we're settling into setting intentions around reconnecting to self and source. So I'm going to tell you my biggest fear. And that is that I am going crazy, that my reality is unreal and inaccurate, and that I have no ability to guide myself back to my truth. My brain developed in a home with frequent abuse and lies. And this combined with the knowledge that truth is not black and white makes it even harder for me to find my truth. And as I integrate healthier habits into my routine, a resource that has helped me is the act of removing excess. And I don't mean gluttony or pizza or beer. I mean, noise and people and clutter and judgment, stuff like that, because Sometimes my soul gets quiet, quieter than I would like, and my ego and my fears become boisterous and I can't tell who I am. So what has helped me reconnect to myself is to start by removing everything I know is not me so that I can sift through what might be me with more peace. A reminder that Yoga Nidra is paired with three writing workshops, Soul, Mind, and Body, that we release each consecutive week. They help you dive deeper into the things you may learn about yourself today. So please utilize those in addition to Yoga Nidra. Now today's intro is a little longer than normal. Jess is going to lead us with a prayer and then give us some wonderful tools and a reframing of what it means to be connected and reconnected. But first, I want to share an example of something I did to tie in last month's topic of preserving energy and this month's topic of reconnecting to source. What I found when I was trying to think about preserving energy was that it was, it really, for me, it came down to not wasting energy on things that were not part of my truth. And I try to do a gratitude meditation every morning, but lately I've been feeling super bubbly and the quiet meditation has felt really flat and inauthentic and kind of sad. It kind of just started my morning off more like slower than I would like. So I started singing my prayer. I'm going to sing it for you and don't judge me because I won't care. I am grateful, grateful for today. I woke up smiling and that is how I'll stay. I am grateful, grateful for my life. And I'm happy that I'm so full of light. Hello tribe. And thank you so much for tuning in to our, I think this might be our fifth or sixth month doing this. This is the month of October. And our theme for this yoga nidra practice is 
reconnecting with spirit and source and witnessing and creating internal beauty. So I wanted to set the tone for this uh, particular journey and experience today with a prayer. And I think prayer is a really interesting word. It has a lot tied up in it because it's related to a lot of religions, this concept of prayer. And religion can be a, a feeling, sense, or experience that has um, residual trauma or places of um, disagreement with yourself and your relation to your family and certain communities. And I just want to take the moment here just to take back the word prayer and put it in its rightful place as a, a pathway to communicate to a higher source. And if prayer resonates with you in the religious framework that makes sense, you are welcome to keep it as so. Um, but if it does bring up a uncomfortable feeling for you, I want to give you the permission and invitation to explore prayer in a different framework where you can utilize it as a tool to petition the universe, spirit, source, whatever it is um, you might pray to or have a connection with. So this prayer comes from Alex Gray. And he is a visionary artist and it's called the artist prayer. And this is a prayer that I learned. It was the first prayer that I actually have learned. And it's something that really struck me deeply. And when I was, hmm, I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago, I decided I wanted to memorize this prayer because it was so powerful. And it really put me into a different feeling sense in my heart and in my body. And I liked it for that reason. And I was simultaneously cultivating a spiritual practice. So it made sense to kind of work with something. And this is what came across my desk. So we'll start with this prayer and we'll just take a moment to notice where we are on an energetic level frequency right now. And then we'll examine the space after the prayer has been shared. Creator of the universe. How infinite and astonishing are your worlds. Thank you for your sacred art and sustaining presence. Divine imagination. Forgive my blindness. Open all of my eyes and reveal the light of truth. Let original beauty guide my every stroke. Universal creativity, flow through me, from my heart, through my mind, and to my hands. Infuse my work with spirit to feed hungry souls. So this is a powerful prayer. And it sort of cuts through the noise of the mind and kind of drops you into a place of presence that opens up a, a portal of sorts. And so after my meditation practice in the morning, I say this prayer, and then I make a prayer or prayers. And I don't know how this landed for you, but for me, and it's almost true every time I'm reading it out loud 
when I was probably at the second phrasing beginning with divine imagination, I started to feel emotional and it was my heart space opening. So it creates this presence within the field of understanding the who, what, why, and ways in which we are um, to come into a moment of truth. And if you notice, it started with gratitude. So the framework of praying that I've learned that's really helpful is something I'm going to offer as we make our way through some of this opening framework statements. And um, I'd like to share that with you so that you can go home and utilize this and actually have it as a tool. So working with gratitude at the entry point of prayer is really powerful. And then having gratitude as a practice in times of need, even if it requires a little manufacturing at first is always really helpful. It seems to be, um, let's see here. It's like a, a, a portal for possibility. When we find ourselves in a, dis, a moment of discomfort, we can utilize gratitude as a tool to flip the switch and start moving in uh, the opposite direction. So I wanted to take a moment to kind of explore what it means to be connected to source, because if we're wondering how we reconnect, well, what does it actually mean to be connected to source and or spirit? And I want to start by saying that there are many answers to this question, just like there's many responses to the word prayer. There are many definitions of source and spirit and how one might be connected to source and spirit. So this framework that I'm going to lay out for you, please don't let it take away from your framework. Maybe allow it to add or give you room to explore additional meanings um, and know that the way you understand source and spirit is perfect and welcome in the way that it is. So through the lens at which I've come to understand it, being connected to spirit in part means being interconnected to all of life, the web of life. And there is a philosophy called deep ecology that actually looks at this, which is really interesting and worth looking into. Um, but the interconnection to all life also influences our ability to trust in the process of the unfolding. So that means that as things that are useful, as things that are difficult, as all things happen to us, we're able to lean into this is happening for a good reason, or this is happening for a reason that I need. And that is um, allowing me to become more of myself in the way that I am intended to be in this world. Sometimes um, being connected to spirit and source is having a line of communication with higher order. And that higher order could be God, which I love the acronym Grand Organizing Design for God. Um, there's also the, you know, the Alex Gray prayer opened with creator of the universe. Um, people say creator, people say spirit. So it's, um, you know, having a communication line and sometimes most often usually in the form of prayer, but these conversations can happen, you know, when you're not sitting in an altar, when you're driving to work. Um, and it's an inner dialogue of sorts with that higher order. Um, for a lot of people, being connected to source means being connected to nature. Um, and this would be connection to the elements 
as a spiritual practice. And a, there's a few um, indigenous cultures that do vision quests and vision quests are often around um, like a coming of age ceremony. And they send individuals out into the wilderness. And in this practice, they are fasting and they're engaging with the elements um, for wisdom. And actually, I just had some housemates that participated in a four-day vision quest. So they were out in the wilderness for four days with no food, just water. Um, I think they had a tarp only for their sleeping situation. And this was um, a initiation of sorts where you go into the wilderness and you collect that wisdom from, from the spirit of the natural world. Right. So being connected to nature is really powerful and is, um, you know, a, a, a form of spirituality for a lot of people. So now that we have some understanding of what it means to be connected to source and spirit, how do we get disconnected from source and spirit? So I was in a training in San Francisco for a coaching program about four years ago. And something I took away from that program that stuck with me is this um, idea about when the ego is born. And so the ego is awoken when we open our eyes. So the moment we are separated from our mother and our eyes open, the ego is born. And so the ego is associated with the default mode network. And I might've talked about this in another um, uh, opening to the Nidra practice because it's really relevant in the world of yoga Nidra. But the default mode network, also known as the monkey mind, it's separation language. So it's associated with I, me, mine. And it is um, tied to the ego as such. And so the default mode network is the one that's writing the stories. And it's the one that is overfiring when we're dealing with um, trauma, anxiety, anything that's disrupting our nervous system. And so when we are not um, interconnected to everything, we are most likely living in the inner dialogue of the mind. And so the inner dialogue of the mind can separate us from our body and our animal body is really connected to the earth. And so the separation language that stems from the default mode network has a way of taking us out of that interconnectivity that draws from source and spirit. And so with the lack of tending to the interconnectivity, which just kind of happens as a natural progression in our lives, especially in America, our culture isn't really created around um, spirituality. I mean, there's a lot of diversity and there's opportunity and room to explore, but there hasn't been a steady practice that is built into the way of being in the American culture that um, values meditation, that values the um, building of an altar, that values ceremonial processes. And so without that, the, the likelihood of us stepping outside of um, 
the connection to the all that is, is higher and greater. And it's just a part of our society. So, you know, you don't have to have a lot of trauma or go through something difficult to not be interconnected to the all that is. Um, and then, you know, we can also become disconnected from spirit and source by uh, diet, what we eat, what we put in our body that can influence our ability to be connected to ourselves, um, whether or not we have access to nature. As I mentioned, nature is a really powerful tool to remind us that we are part of a bigger living organism that is the deeper ecology concept where there is this web of life and everything is interconnected. And then, of course, our, um, our history with trauma, it disrupts our ability to stay connected. Um, usually when we're moving through something dense or we have trauma in our body, we, um, we are living in the looping and the stories of what happened to us or how whatever happened to us is influencing the stories that are happening in real time that aren't necessarily the trauma itself, but are the residual effect of the trauma. So these are all things that start to pull us away from spirit source. And it's actually really easy. So if this is a hard topic for you to understand, um, this concept of spirituality feels not accessible at all. Just know that it is esoteric and it can be hard to understand. And it's not easy for everybody to grasp and tether to, and that these, um, points of information that I'm giving you are just, um, introductions, their pathways, um, and whatever is resonating or is sounding interesting to you. It's something that you can explore more about. Um, so if, if we have any of these things happening, or perhaps we, we don't really even remember when we were connected to source, it's, so, it's so far away that it's like, well, have I ever been connected to source? What does that mean? What does that feel like? I don't know what are the ways to reconnect? And so the most obvious way to me is getting out of the head and coming into the heart. And that is a lot easier said than done as is so much of the content we've been talking about. And I just want to put a little disclaimer in here that this map and the maps that have been given to you for how to handle situations like cultivating self-compassion, symptoms of disconnect, forgiveness, et cetera. It's, it's so easy to collect the information, but it really matters when it comes down to real-time application. And it's likely that you're going to mess up and get it wrong. And that's part of the process. That's the learning curve that everybody goes through as we integrate these new tools. So with today's content and the content that has come before, please, you know, just be gentle on yourself as you're learning and developing these tools. So getting out of the head and into the heart, what does that mean exactly? Well, the default mode network, the separation lang language mechanism that lives in the mind. And we are a society that is very in our heads and we live in a tech world and we're always in front of our screens and our computers. And anytime we're in front of a screen and computer, we're moving from the, the, the mind through the screen and we're disconnecting from our body. That's why the sedentary culture is so uh, troubling for so many people because we get stuck in front of our screens and we forget to move and we forget to take care of our bodies because we're just operating from the head. Um, so how do we get from the head and into the heart? The most easily accessible tool for this is, is breathing, right? So 
deep breathing and a busy mind cannot coexist. And the um, breath, uh, focused breath will activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is part of the nervous system that is associated with rest and digest. So if we are able to bring our attention to our breath, that can be a channel from the head into the heart. And when I speak about the heart, I'm speaking about the body and I'm utilizing the heart as um, like the speaker of the house of the temple body, essentially. So the heart is a representative for the entire body and breathing will bring us from the head into the heart. And just to make a, a point that the, the space between the head and the heart is the throat, which is our communication chakra. And so being able to speak and communicate clearly and understand what's happening to us for us and articulate it in a way that is representing that heart wisdom. So, so the head and the heart, they actually, <laughs> they're, they're, they work together. So we don't want to make the head out to be this bad thing. The head is great. We're very lucky to have these strong minds that can do many things. But when we marry the head's perspective with the heart's perspective, we can go a lot further. So the head and the heart, they work together and the, the communication box, our throat chakra is the channel to, to weave those two perspectives. Um, yeah. And then, so reconnecting to source spirit, we have the breath, the next accessible way is through nature um, spending time in nature, as long as people feel safe is an antidote for stress and it can lower blood pressure and stress hormone levels. It also like the breath reduces the, um, nervous system arousal. It enhances the immune system function and it increases our self-esteem while reducing anxiety and improving the mood. So nature is a really powerful tool that is accessible. So breathing, being in nature, and then adding meditation. So meditation is a big topic. It can seem really intimidating, especially when you consider the places people go with meditation, like Vipassana meditation, which is a strict practice that um, has people meditating for 12 to 15 hours a day. So this is really um, introductory level. So the meditation practice doesn't have to be structured. It can look like walking in a park with focus on the breath. Um, it could be doing artwork and making a painting or um, thoughtfully creating a meal and cutting your vegetables up with mindfulness so meditation doesn't have to be um, sitting in front of an altar with sage burning and flowers and so on and so forth. However, creating sacred space and tending to this space is another way in which we can cre create a spiritual practice and develop a connection to source. So meditation, um, there's the Insight Timer app. That's a really great place to start exploring. If you want to take it beyond just the initial examples I gave that don't look like the um, more rigid formula, you can try some things out on Insight Timer. And that's a really helpful place to find um, introductory courses that are five to 10 minutes long, right? So again, being gentle on yourself as you start making your way into these um, 
uh, traits for connecting to source. Um, yeah, and then so the power of prayer, I opened with the power of prayer and we did the Alex Gray um, artist prayer. And, you know, you can think to yourself, did you feel something before and did you feel something after? Was there a shift? As I mentioned, for me, it's sort of my shift from the here and now into a higher realm. You could call it the Hanuk Pacha, which is the heavenly order from the Peruvian perspective. And so where do we start with prayer? Well, first, I think making sure that you are in right relation with the concept of prayer, which I already lightly discussed. And then working with um, gratitude as the portal for possibility. So you have that gratitude as the opening. You thank before you ask. Um, and then the uh, content that I've learned, and I've learned this through um, a woman named Samantha Sweetwater, who learned this from a man named George Bertelstein. Both of these people are um, very spiritual master ceremonialists, and I've learned a lot from them. And their way of praying is clear and simple, right? We don't have to pray in a complicated manner and ask all of the things and run through the whole list. I mean, where we really want to be with our ability to pray is praying all the time, <laughs> right? So you have the ability to constantly be in that line of communication with um, God, creator, whatever it is you want to call it. And the framework that they provided is thank you help me, I want. So thank you for my breath today. Help me be in right relation with my family. I want to be free. Right? So you can take this framework, thank you, help me, I want, and apply it to your meditation practice. You can apply it to your nature walks. You can apply it to your, oh, I wanna drop in and do something spiritual today right before I go to bed, what is it, right? So you can keep that and use that as a tool. And then if you wanna go a little deeper, there's um, the eight limbs of yoga. And I just put a little note here about this because I really love um, the framework that the yoga sutras provide for having a spiritual practice. And so within the eight limbed path of yoga, there are ethical rules, there are habits and observances. There's the asana practice, which is essentially your yoga postures. There is the control of breath, um, withdrawing of the senses. The senses are what influence the default mode network. Um, there's one pointedness, which is your meditation contemplation. And then ultimately where you arrive, um, is oneness absorption, which is the interconnectivity to all that is, or that web of life. Um, and again, the, um, if you want to go deeper with that concept, you could check out deep ecology and find out more. Um, so for today's practice, we are going to, um, work with this content and we'll start by setting some kalpa We'll do a body scan. We'll work with our feelings in front of us. And then we'll go on a visual journey before replanting our Sankalpa and reawakening for the day. 
So this is your cue to find a cozy space for Shavasana. And you'll be lying on your back. And if you need a moment to gather a blanket and a pillow, an eye cover, you can go ahead and take your time to do that now. And so lying on the back face up, I would start with the blanket on since you are likely to get chilly during this practice. And if you have an eye cover, you can add that too. From this place, You'll allow your sankalpa, which again is a way of being that is born of the heart, to arise. Let's take a big breath in through our nose. And exhale through the mouth. And start to create some more space with the breath for the sankalpa to come through. As a friendly reminder, your sankalpa could arise in the form of a vision, a felt impression, a word or a phrase. Something that could work with this month's theme is I am connected to source. Hmm. Once you've found your sankalpa, you can release it. And if you haven't found one or one hasn't made itself obvious and known, Please feel no need to manufacture one just to create it for the task at hand. You can turn over your process to a higher power and allow the Sankalpa to take shape over the course of our practice. And we'll start with the body scan beginning at the tongue. Awareness is at the tongue. Bottom lip. Top lip. Right eye. Left eye. Center of forehead, base of front of the neck, right shoulder, right elbow, right wrist, right thumb, 
right index finger, right middle finger, right ring finger, right pinky finger, right wrist, right elbow, right shoulder, base of the front of the neck. Left shoulder, left elbow, left wrist, left thumb, left index finger, left middle finger, left ring finger, left pinky finger, left wrist, left elbow, left shoulder, base of the front of the neck, center of the chest, right chest, center of the chest, left chest, center of the chest, navel, pubic bone, right hip, right knee, right ankle, right big toe, right second toe, right third toe, right fourth toe, right fifth and little toe, right ankle, right knee, right hip, pubic bone, left hip, left knee, left ankle, left big toe, left second toe, left third toe, left fourth toe, left fifth and little toe, left ankle, left knee, left hip, pubic bone, navel, center of the chest, base of the fronts of the neck, center of the forehead. Take a full breath into your lower abdomen. 
And the inhale that follows will move into the rib cage, followed by a breath into the chest. And we'll do that two more times. Three part breath, breathing first into the lower abdomen, followed by the ribs, and then the chest, heart, and shoulders. Full breath into your lower abdomen. Followed by a breath into your ribs. And then a breath into the chest. Bring your awareness to the base of the spine, the lumbar spine. Let my voice guide you up the back, beginning with vertebrae L5. L4. L3. L2 and L1. Arrive at the base of the thoracic spine. Move upwards from vertebrae T12, T11, T10, T9, T8, T7, T6, T5, T4, T3, T2, T1, Conscious awareness arrives at the base of the cervical spine, moving towards the brainstem at C7, C6, C5, C4, C3, C2, C1. And up the brain stem to the limbic brain, the center of the brain, home to the pineal gland or ajna, the third eye, our connection to light and relation between worlds. Sense awareness throughout your entire being and sense awareness aware of itself.
Notice the thoughts, feelings, impressions moving through you. And allow them to pass on like clouds rolling through the sky. You're spending the week in a rustic cabin on a plot of land owned by a good friend. It's neighbored by an apple farm and national forest. While walking the property line, the sound of water guides you into the forest towards a river. From afar, the river appears green and navy blue. But as you get closer, the sediment below tints the water brown and the color changes. This water has a chameleon-like quality and artfully fills every crevice it crosses through with its aliveness. The color transition is seamless and you admire the murky brown river up close and its blue-green qualities from afar. Your eyes move with the water forward and against it backward, from murky brown to green and blue, back to green, then in front of you at murky brown again. To feel the water, you hike a couple hundred feet further towards its edge. As the gap between you and it narrows, the volume of the river's roar increases. Here, at the intersection between silence and the river's rush, you found yourself at the origin point of what was originally drawing you in. Hydration polka dots the sky in a reverse direction from river to sky. Water droplets now collect on your skin. In between the wet splashes of water and river, the air is dry. You take your shoes off next and meet the cool pebbled mud with your toes. You assess the next few steps and map your way to feet in the water. An audible shiver is released at the unexpected freezing temperature influenced by snow melt. Instead of jumping out, you choose to linger and acclimate. Now a new crevice for the water to carve itself around. Out in the distance and along the river's path, there is an obvious footpath that speaks to you. It communicates to your animal body in a way where there are no words, rather subtle magnetic hints. You give yourself the gift of three more breaths in the cold water. 
Then slowly step out one foot at a time. The feet are tingly numb, so you sit on a rock and let them warm under the sun before taking another step forward. Something about the raw elements keeps you from putting your socks back on. So you tuck them in your boots and carry them in hand to the footpath. When you realize there is no trail marker, you surrender to your intuition and begin a journey down an unmarked trail. The sound of the river remains close. and at the same time becomes distant. The rapidly moving water is now the anchor point for the journey. It is still daytime, but the giant trees shadowing the sun would make one think otherwise. It is an eerie yet safe feeling held and protected by the canopy with a slight chance of getting lost. You opt to lean into the initial calling that recruited you and feed the narrative of trust. Ahead and to your left, there appears to be a pond of sorts. As you move towards what appears to be a still pool, the sound of the river comes back. This time though, it's not the river, rather a small subset of streams flowing through not one, but two pond-like pools, all of which are interconnected to the river. In a water web of sorts, At the pond-like pools, you see a wooden post with what appears to be guidelines for use. Use of what you wonder. Skimming through the content, you realize that you have found yourself at a natural hot springs that is safe for soaking. Your heart skips a beat at the thought of hot water on your post-hike body and quickly you strip down in the forest that you have to yourself. The joyous skip takes you between pools for a temperature check. One pool lukewarm, the other extremely hot. As you continue to suss out the situation, you discover a perfect entry point into the stream for a cold plunge between dips. A smile marks your face as you submerge into the hottest pool first. Indulge for five minutes and then sink to the bottom of the icy cold stream for three minutes. 
tingly between contrasts, you return to the hot pool and melt for another five minutes. Then back to the chilly waters for an additional three. Back and forth for three rounds of hot, cold soaking take place before you enter the lukewarm pool and collect the benefits of the ecstatic state you've now entered. Bliss by nature. Bliss by intuition. Bliss by you. Take a moment to recall your Sankalpa. Repeat this Sankalpa to yourself five times. And take your awareness five feet below you into the earth. And then five feet to the left of you. Five feet above you. And five feet to the right of you. Bring your awareness back to center and find yourself floating, perhaps down a river. Feel the ground beneath your body. And then take a big breath into that lower abdomen chamber. followed by a breath into the rib cage. And the breath into your heart. Repeat that two more times on your own. Breath into the lower abdomen. Breath into the rib cage. and breath into the heart. Preparing to re-enter the world or make your way to bed. And slowly move the feet and the palms, maybe rolling the ankles from left to right and opening and closing the fingers.
If it feels good, you can take a full body stretch by pointing your feet away and taking the arms up overhead and extending in opposite direction. If you're moving on with your day, you can draw your knees into your chest, roll over to one side, and mindfully press yourself up to a seat, drawing the head up last. If you have space and time to linger, or if you're going to move directly to sleep, you can move really slow from this nidra. taking your time to eventually make your way to that side and arise in a similar fashion to those that are moving on with their day. Wherever you are, bring your hands to prayer heart center or maybe let the palms rest on the belly, one on the belly, one on the heart. And thank yourself for showing up for practice today. A friendly reminder to move gently and be soft with yourself as you integrate this practice and as you integrate these tools for reconnecting to source and spirit. Thank you so much for journeying with me. I look forward to seeing you or being with you rather next month. Namaste.